Hi, and welcome to Healing Quest. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and our focus here on Healing Quest is integrative health, and that includes mind-body medicine and how it can help all of us achieve that optimum well-being that we're always looking for to help us live longer, healthier, and happier. So thanks for joining us today on this first weekend in spring. I say that because the spring equinox was Wednesday, and from an astronomical standpoint, that is the first official day of spring. So this is the first official weekend of spring. (laughs) There's a lot of spring celebration going on I hope you have a little spring in your step, (laughs) you know. Spring is a great time of year, but it does have one drawback. Uh, You You know, winter tends to, shall we say, lead to a few extra pounds for many of us. And when spring arrives, we realize those pounds are still there. And then we're faced with the prospect of warmer weather, which can mean things like shorts, tank tops, and swimsuits. And who wants to wear any of those feeling like we've still got our winter bodies on display? But never fear, Healing Quest is here to help with some great weight loss suggestions from the team at the Natural Solutions website. Now, they're talking about 10 foods that are actually proven to accelerate weight loss. So that's coming up in a few minutes on our show. Also today, we're going to take a look at concerns about fake organics. I mean, you've heard about fake news, but fake organics? These are products that may not be what they say, regardless of the label on them. And in the latest installment in Judy's self-care series, she's going to focus on how keeping our vibration high can help us stay happy and healthy. Yes, but first we want to take note of another development involving the main ingredient in Roundup. You know, that's the world's most popular weed killer. And the ingredient is called glyphosate, and it's sprayed on farms, gardens, parks, lawns, because it's the most widely used weed killer on Earth. So it's literally everywhere. It's all around us. And although they're really good at killing weeds, uh, glyphosate and Roundup, the name of the product, are not quite so good in court. Thousands of lawsuits have been filed alleging that Roundup and glyphosate cause cancer. The makers of glyphosate and Roundup, of course, deny that. Mm -hmm. But in August, the San Francisco jury awarded $289 million to a Benicia man after deciding that Roundup caused his cancer while he was working as a school district maintenance man. But this week, another jury in Northern California came to a similar conclusion. You know, they decided that Roundup and glyphosate also caused the cancer of the plaintiff in that case. So why we're talking about this now is that two weeks ago here on Healing Quest, we got some really good news on a natural health way to deal with the dangers of glyphosate. And since glyphosate is so much a part of our environment, we wanted to give you a quick reminder about that and about what you can do to help your body protect itself and perhaps even reverse the damage from glyphosate. That good news comes from Kiran Krishnan, a renowned microbiologist from Just Thrive Probiotics. As it turns out, Kieran is part of an international research project on this topic, and the results so far show that a certain kind of probiotic can not only stop, but could also reverse damage from glyphosate. In the second portion of the study, once we've destroyed the gut with the glyphosate, we maintain the exposure of glyphosate and Roundup to the gut, and then we started adding in the spores. And as it turns out, within the first couple weeks of adding back in the spores, we start to see a reversal of some of that key damage that the glyphosate caused um, within the microbiome. So what we're starting to see is we can actually start to flip the script. We can actually start to switch off the toxicity of those compounds to a certain degree and recover from the damage 
even while those compounds are still present. Because in the study, we did not remove the toxic ingredient and then put in the spores because that realistically does not happen um, in the real world. We are continuously exposed to it. We continue to expose the microbiome to it and then added the spores to see if they can actually start to reverse damage. And that's one of the things we're seeing. Uh, and that's a groundbreaking uh, discovery that we are able to actually undo the damage that glyphosate is doing in Roundup by utilizing a probiotic bacteria, the spore probiotic. If you're just joining us, I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. You're listening to Healing Quest, and we're talking with microbiologist Kieran Krishnan about a promising new development in a worldwide health problem. And again, it's really important, you know, for, for all of you listening, that we're talking about a spore-based probiotic. Not all probiotics are spore-based. In fact, most of them aren't, right? Yeah, the vast majority are. 99% of probiotics are not spore-based. And the reason why the spore-based uh, effect is so, is so profound is because these strains have been designed by nature over millions of years of coevolution to play this protective role in the human microbiome. We are supposed to gain significant exposure to them in the outside environment just from eating dirt like our ancestors did, yeah. which we don't do anymore, of course. Right, right. Um, right? And our dirt, of course, is full of toxic chemicals to begin with. Probably got Roundup uh, on it. Yeah, exactly, which it does, right? Um, the, the amount of Roundup in, in uh, you know, water and streams and running water and all that is, is really quite profound. Um, and and but, but nature has created these protective bacteria that because of the spore form, they can survive through the gastric system, they get into the intestines, and they go to protect and fix our gut for us. So they're, they're unique players in the probiotic space, and this is the first time anyone has shown any probiotic or really any intervention can undo the chronic damage that uh, that these chemicals are doing. Again, how long was this study? That's uh, the scary and the beautiful part about this is the the, the damage, the significant damage that we have uh, we have shown with the presence of Roundup took just three weeks. Oh my goodness! Three weeks of exposure, and this this is exposure, and we didn't inundate the system with it. This is exposure levels that are deemed to be safe by the EPA and the FDA. So this would be exposure like if you were putting it on your yard. Exactly. Or you're eating Cheerios every day. You know, the, which, is, which is one of the highest sources of uh, glyphosate um, in, our, in our food uh, source. So if you're eating non-organic oats or you're eating any sort of grains um, and, your, and your diet is heavy grain-based, you're getting this level of exposure every single day. Um, and, and then the exciting part about it, right, is the probiotic portion of it was just two weeks. So we oh, started that's seeing, good. Yeah, just two weeks. Two weeks and you we saw a difference and you weren't changing anything. You were leaving everything the same. Exactly. Living everything the same, continue to expose the gut to the same amount of glyphosate every single day. And just in two weeks of bringing in the spores, we started to see the significant difference in how the gut functions. The spore-based probiotics that Kieran mentioned have only been available here in the U.S. for a few years under the brand name Just Thrive, but they were well-established in medical circles in Europe for, for many, many years. You know, what caused the delay was manufacturing these kinds of probiotics with the spore base around them is really difficult. So it, it took a while for uh, for the folks at Just Thrive to get it right, but they did. And, and in our research on probiotics, the thing that impressed us was the clinical trials that Just Thrive has showing that 100% of these spore-based cells arrive alive in the intestine. Now, that's a big deal because 
these probiotics have to safely get through what's known as the gastric barrier, and that's a tough trip. Yeah, but when they make it through that barrier, they can just go straight to work to help keep our digestive system healthy. And if those tiny cells can help us all stay safe from glyphosate, well, now that is a really big story. Yeah. So you can learn more about these spore-based probiotics at thriveprobiotic.com. That's thriveprobiotic.com. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at growing concerns about fake organics and whether the USDA organic label means as much as it used to. Don't forget, podcasts of this and other Healing Quest shows are available at our website, HealingQuest.tv. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HealingQuest. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest on iHeartRadio. Hi, and welcome back to Healing Quest. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. Our focus here on Healing Quest is integrative health, and that includes mind-body medicine and how it can help us all live longer, healthier, and happier. Well, as we reported last week, Judy and I earlier this month attended the biggest trade show in the country on all things natural, organic, and healthy. It's called the Natural Products Expo, and it's held at the Anaheim Convention Center. And it attracted 85,000 people from 136 countries. Well, one of those in attendance was David Jano, and he's the president and CEO of Axiom Foods. And his company controls up to 95% of the $150 million market for rice protein. Rice protein is attracting a growing customer base because it's a vegan, non-GMO, and gluten-free source of protein. So David Jano is really focused on natural health. Well, he was the lead speaker at an event called the CEO Summit. And, you know, he opened it up by saying, quote, the organic industry is in a state of crisis. Consumers don't believe organic products are real. And both Roy and I went, what? Because if you've listened to us at all, you you know that we're really into organic and have been for many, many years. and Supporting the major health benefits of organic. Exactly, because it's good for us. So the next day we sat down with him to talk about this problem of fake organics. Like I said at the CEO summit, you know, the organic industry is in a state of crisis. The problems that are occurring are that people want an organic product and because they want an organic product, the fact of the matter is they got to pay more for it. And they are in a lot of cases. I think between 65 and 75 percent of the American-made organic products have issues with them in pesticides and 
so on and so forth. That's a lot. And you talk about most of the products coming out of Asia, most of the imported products, even not necessarily Europe, because Europe is a lot, has a lot more standards than we do. But for the most part, uh, the stuff coming out of Asia, they're faking transaction certificates. They're faking organic products. They say that they're organic products. They're putting labels on them, calling them organic products when they're conventional. People are not testing for the pesticides that they should. The businesses here, for example, quite a few of them, I'm in the plant protein world, and uh, a lot of them are using fake plant-based proteins, rice protein, pea protein, hemp protein that they say is organic. The problem is they're not meeting the requirements under the National Organic Program. And it's unfortunate because the FDA and the governing certifying bodies like QAI, like CCOF out there, aren't doing their job. And they're not tracing the products back to the crops. They're only interested in going one step back, whether it's a broker handler or a manufacturer level. In some cases, they are passing conventional products as, as organic. A lot of products are coming through Canada now in order for, to avoid the customs duties. And then they slap an, a, a country of origin on it, calling it from Canada and not Asia, in order to trick the, the businesses out there. And so the businesses, you have to understand, a lot of the companies that are in big box stores, for example, and a lot of them that they say are organic are not. The reason why is because, you know, like the um, Costco's and the Sam's Club of the world allow you to make a certain margin. That's the whole point of going to these big box stores. And so they're getting, the businesses are getting price pressure from them in order to be under a certain level. The only way to really do it is get the price down on the plant-based proteins, especially in these shakes and these mixes you're using. So what happens in that particular case is they use a conventional product because it's 2 $3 cheaper. And guess what? The businesses are making that extra money. So there's a lot of economic um, pressure and a lot of um, profiteering. There's a lot of profiteering out there in the world by the businesses trying to put an organic label on something when it's really not. How do you feel about the non-GMO verification project and that label? So I was actually talking about this at the CEO Summit. The non-GMO project is great, but it's not everything. It falls under organic, so it's a subset of organic. It's not just because it's non-GMO doesn't mean it's organic, because you still have pesticides. You still have herbicides that are in the product. If that's in the product, then it's not organic. It's that simple. I mean, the truth about it is, you know, I don't mean to bash on our government, but the FDA is not doing their job. The FTC, who overlooks all these claims that everybody are making, are not doing their job. And to be honest, people are putting the USDA label on there. They don't necessarily put who's it certified by on the back, you know, the, the co-organic certifiers. But what's happening now is that they're putting a USDA label on the products, and you would think that it's an organic product because it says USDA. But there's no, there's no proof. So for a customer or a consumer to look at these products and say, okay, these are that, how you, you know, one of the questions is how do you validate what's really organic and what's not? And the problem is there's not necessarily a way of doing it. There's not a database. There's no understanding of what makes organic organic anymore. So if you're just joining us, I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. You're listening to Healing Quest, and we're talking with CEO David Janow about the problem of fake organic products. So, you know, David was certainly right about growing concern over this problem. I mean, one group that's really focusing on it is called the Real Organic Project. It's a really interesting group. It's based in Vermont, but it has supporters all across the country, including organic farmers in Yolo County here in Northern California. 
So their goal is to create an add-on label that certifies that the product has been produced according to verified organic standards that Real Organic Project says the USDA is not enforcing. Now, they describe their goal as a return to the fundamental beliefs of organic farming so they can reclaim authenticity in the labeling of, of organic products. Well, we're going to keep you up to date on their efforts and those of other people concerned about fake organics and concerned about making it as easy as possible for all of us to get healthy organic food. And one way to take advantage of that is farmers markets, local uh, farmers markets. And we have so many of them here in Northern California because we have an abundance of wonderful food. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, even in the farmers markets, it's important to ask them if their food is organic. I always do. And the answer is sometimes yes, but it's not certified because the certification process is expensive. And sometimes for local farmers, they just can't do that. But another good thing about the farmers' markets is, uh, you know, they just don't have a big carbon footprint, and we love that. Right. So there's good reasons to support them and talk to them, and I'm sure they'll be delighted to tell you what their growing practices are. I'm sure. Well, elsewhere on the nutritional front, a new report is out on just how dangerous— as if we didn't know this, know. Uh, sugary drinks are for us. It, it comes from nutritionists at Harvard who found that the more sugar-sweetened beverages you drink, the higher your risk of early death from heart disease or cancer. Yeah, kind of in general we knew this, but boy, they've really kind of nailed it down. The research covered soft drinks, fruit drinks, energy drinks, and sports drinks. One major finding, people who drink two or more sugar-sweetened beverages a day increase their risk of premature death from heart problems by 31%. That's a big number. That is. Well, the study is based on data from 37,000 men and 80,000 women over a a 34-year period, which is a long period. And and the study's author recommends replacing sugary drinks with water. Uh, In his words, he says, improve overall health and longevity. He also says his findings support policies to limit marketing of sugary beverages to children and teens Mm -hmm. and for implementing soda taxes because, quote, The current price of sugary beverages does not include the high costs of treating the consequences. And on that note, nutritionists at UC Berkeley have released a study on the results of taxing sugary drinks, just as the docs at Harvard suggested. It's been, I think, four years now Mm -hmm. since Berkeley enacted a a penny-per-ounce tax on sugar-sweetened beverages. And nutritionists say consumption of sugary drinks is down by 50% since then. The director of UC Berkeley's Food Institute says the study shows that taxation may be an effective tool in the fight against diabetes, heart disease, and obesity. Well, the study was the first to document the long-term impact of a soda tax on drinking habits in the U.S. So the bulk of soda tax revenue in Berkeley is dedicated to supporting nutrition, health education, and gardening programs in schools. So, I mean, you know, who's not going to spend a few more pennies to have that? Good way to use that money. The study's author is Christine Madsen, faculty director of the Food Institute at UC Berkeley School of Public Health. She says, quote, I really want to push back against this idea that taxes are the sign of a nanny state. They are one of many ways to make really, really clear what we value as a country. You know, we want to end this epidemic of diabetes and obesity. And taxes are a form of counter-messaging to balance corporate advertising. You know, we need consistent messaging and interventions that make healthier foods desirable, accessible, and affordable. And on that topic of healthy food, scientists at Boston University have just completed an analysis of the health profile of fast food over the past 30 years. They analyzed the offerings of 10 of the most popular fast food restaurants in the U.S. in 1986, 
1991, and 2016. And despite all the talk about healthier items being added to the fast food menus, the study found that fast food is even worse for us now than it was 30 years ago. Specifically, they found that fast food today has more salt, more calories, and bigger portions. On any given day, about 37% of Americans over 20 consume fast food. The author says fast food is no question helping fuel the continuing problem of obesity and chronic health problems. But not all the nutritional news is somber. For instance, a study by nutritionists at Ohio State University has found that green tea can reduce obesity by encouraging the growth of beneficial bacteria in the digestive system. Now, they say green tea can also reduce the incidence of leaky gut and inflammation connected to poor health. And then from Singapore comes news about how mushrooms can keep our brain sharp. A study at National University there focused on mild cognitive impairment in seniors, things like memory loss or forgetfulness. But researchers found that eating two or more portions of mushrooms a week reduced the brain problems by 50-50%. The mushrooms they used in the study were uh, shiitake and oyster and golden and white button. The study lasted six years and was conducted with more than 100 seniors over the age of 60. Researchers say they've identified a compound in all the mushrooms that may account for the beneficial result. It's called ergothionine. Well, scientists say it's a unique antioxidant, which humans just can't synthesize on their own, but they can get it from food with mushrooms being the best source. Yeah. So there's some, a couple good news items in our nutritional roundup. Mm-hmm. Up next, remember at the beginning of today's show, we promised to tell you about 10 foods guaranteed to accelerate fat loss. We'll have all the details about that fabulous 10 after this break. Don't forget, podcasts of this and other Healing Quest shows are available on our website at HealingQuest.tv. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Healing Quest. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst, and you're listening to Healing Quest on iHeartRadio. Hi, and welcome back to Healing Quest. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and our focus on Healing Quest is integrative health and the connection between mind, body, and spirit to help us all live longer, healthier, and happier. And one sure way to do that is to feel like we're in shape, slim, you know, not uh, carrying extra pounds around. (laughs) Well, earlier in our show, we talked about one of the, shall we say, challenges of springtime, as many of us need to get serious about losing those extra pounds we gain during the winter. 
We also talked about having discovered a report from our friends at Natural Solutions about 10 foods guaranteed to accelerate your weight loss. So here, without further ado, are those weight droppers. Number 10 is coconut oil, which contains medium-chain triglycerides that are metabolized differently than other fats and can have powerful biological effects. They lead to a feeling of fullness and and boost the number of burnt calories by up to 120 calories daily. Studies show that coconut oil's consumption leads to significant reduction in waist circumference. Mm. Mm. It also uh, aids the loss of belly fat, which is highly dangerous as it accumulates around our organs. And number nine is apple cider vinegar. It lowers blood sugar after a high-carb meal. It creates a feeling of satiety, and it helps people consume 200 to 275 fewer calories for the rest of the day. That's good. Researchers have found that one or two tablespoons of vinegar daily led to weight loss of up to 3.7 pounds over 12 weeks. Number eight on the list is hot peppers. So hot peppers, just like chili pepper, have a substance known as capsaicin, which suppresses appetite and boosts metabolism. In fact, capsaicin is often added to commercial weight loss supplements. So upping your intake of hot pepper a bit in the next few weeks could really help you lose some weight. So number seven is coffee. It's high in antioxidants and bioactive compounds, and its active ingredient, caffeine, boosts metabolism by up to 11% and temporarily boosts fat burning by up to 29%. Now, one study has shown that four to six cups of coffee can help you burn an additional 79 to 150 calories daily. And you have a lot of energy, too, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Number That's six, a lot of coffee. Yeah. Number six is boiled potatoes. Now, white boiled potatoes are one of the foods with the highest satiety index as a result of the protein in potatoes known as protease inhibitor 2. If you want to lose weight, cool the potatoes down before boiling them, and that boosts the starch content which is a substance similar to fiber, and that all helps us lose weight. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're just joining us, I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. You're listening to Healing Quest, and we're counting down the top 10 foods that are guaranteed to accelerate your weight loss. So far, we've talked about coconut oil, apple cider vinegar, hot peppers, coffee, and boiled potatoes. Well, number five is green tea, and as we learned earlier in the show... Green tea is an extremely healthy drink. It contains not only caffeine, but several other bioactive substances that really help us uh, with the fat burning. One antioxidant in green tea liberates fatty acids from our cells. Studies have shown that green tea extract can increase fat burning by up to 17%, and it's especially good at helping trim the accumulated fat in our belly area. Number four on the top 10 list are nuts. Now, they're high in healthy fats, protein, and we've talked about that a lot on the show, and fiber, but low in carbs. So they are extremely helpful for weight loss. They provide a a feeling of satiety and boost metabolism. Studies have shown that people who consume nuts have less body fat, and trials indicate that nuts help cause significant reductions in waist size. That's that's a happy theme for us. Yes, it is. Number three on our list are whole eggs. They're among the healthiest and most nutritious foods on earth. Eggs for breakfast have fantastic effects on weight loss. One study found that eating eggs instead of bagels for breakfast made people feel fuller and resulted in them consuming fewer calories for the next 36 hours. And one other interesting note, eggs are found to lead to 65% greater weight loss than bagels, even though both meals have the same number of calories. And number two on our weight loss list is protein from wild-caught fish and grass-fed meat. Hmm, that sounds familiar. We talk about that a lot. 
Protein is the king of nutrients when it comes to weight loss, and fish and grass-fed meats are two of the best sources. A diet rich in protein might boost metabolism by up to 100 calories daily, and one study even suggests that this goes as high as 260 calories daily, and a high-protein diet will definitely reduce the cravings and desire for late-night snacking, which is something I think that gets a lot of us in trouble. And it will prevent weight gain during a maintenance phase. So make sure you consume enough protein while you're taking the pounds off. And finally, number one on the fat-burning list is water. Consuming 17 ounces of water can boost your metabolism by 30% for up to an hour and a half. And our weight loss gurus say it's best to drink cold water as the body burns energy calories in order to heat the water to body temperature. Also, they recommend drinking water before meals. We've heard this before. Studies show that if you drink 17 ounces of water 30 minutes before you eat, it'll increase your fullness and help you lose up to 44% more weight. Wow. So are you feeling slimmer already? (laughs) Let's do a quick review of the top 10 foods that our friends at the Natural Solution website say are guaranteed to accelerate your face loss your face. <laughs> so accelerate your fat loss. Number 10 is coconut oil. And right after that is apple cider vinegar, hot peppers, coffee, and boiled potatoes. Number five is green tea. And four is nuts. Number three is whole eggs. And number two is wild caught fish and grass fed meat. And what's the number one thing we can do? Water. When I looked at this, I thought this is a stretch to call water a food, but it's also true that most cells in our body are 75% water, so focusing on it in this case could make a lot of sense. And this isn't the first time that we've heard about water as a really important part of what we can do to stay healthy. Well, a few years ago, we were doing a series for the TV show on the best ways to nourish our brain, and our expert, Soros, gave us lots of nutritional tips. But he also said the single most important thing we can do for our brain is to drink enough water. You know, that advice came from Dr. Nick Gonzalez. He made the concept of food as medicine a real cornerstone of his practice in New York City. And, in fact, he had a nationwide reputation for dealing with stage 4 cancer and other chronic and very difficult diseases. So if drinking enough water is the number one thing we can do for our brain, I suppose making water the top priority for our body also makes it very logical. And by the way, Dr. Gonzalez said mountain spring water would be best, and if that's not available, then filtered water using reverse osmosis is what he recommended. So there you have our top 10 fat burners. (laughs) Up next, some expert advice on how we can keep our vibration, meaning our energy level, high. And don't forget... Healing Quest podcasts are available at our website, healingquest.tv. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Healing Quest. I'm Roy Walkenhurst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest on iHeartRadio.
Hi, and welcome back to Healing Quest. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks. And our focus on Healing Quest is integrative health and the connection between mind, body, and spirit. And you know, that helps us all live longer, healthier, and happier. And that's what we're all about here on Healing Quest. Now, we've been talking a lot lately about self-care. And, well, I guess I should say I've been talking a lot lately about self-care because it was part of my New Year's commitment for this year was to be more mindful of the importance of self-care. And one of the ways I take care of myself is by keeping my vibration up, which keeps my energy level up. So you have heard us talk about the importance of keeping your energy flowing. So today we are happy to have Nikki Nagaraj back on Healing Quest. Nikki's an energy worker and a master quantum healing teacher who Judy's had the pleasure of working with for the past few years. And she's joining us now from her home in Costa Rica. So Nikki, welcome to Healing Quest. It's good to have you back with us. Thank you. I love being on your show. Thanks for inviting me back. Well, thanks for saying yes. And, you know, I've been talking a lot this year about the importance of self-care. And one of the most important things we can do for ourselves is to keep our vibration or our energy high. So we know that caring for our physical bodies with high vibrational foods and water and sleep are easy things we can do. But I'm guessing that you probably have some other great tips for our listeners. Absolutely. I mean, this is what I do, right? I work with clients and, and we work on keeping their vibrations as high as possible because, at the higher vibrational frequencies is where we actually experience more flow and divine grace in our lives. So obviously that's going to include a lot more happiness and a lot more relaxation and just feeling really balanced and healthy. So let's talk about all the devices and electronics we all have in our lives and if you feel that they have an effect on our vibration. Oh, absolutely. There's no question that they do. And, you know, this has been scientifically proven as a matter of fact. I mean, these days we are inundated. And when I say we are inundated, I mean in our cars, in our homes, at work, at school, we are surrounded by technology. And all of that technology is emitting very high and distorting vibrational frequencies. And we call those EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies. And those electromagnetic frequencies have a really unfortunate side effect of coming into our vibrational fields and and basically sending us out of balance and out of center. So it, it, it ungrounds us. So it makes it very difficult to maintain a high vibrational frequency when we're exposed to so many EMFs. And, you know, these days... We're even getting that while we sleep because most of us are sleeping with a phone next to the bed. What do you do about that? You know, most of us use these electronics and these devices for our work, and it's just so much a part of our culture now. So, you know, I I know there's devices and there's things you can do, but what do you suggest? Well, the first thing I suggest always is going to be mindfulness, Um, just absolutely being aware of, you know, what devices you have in your life that are creating these devices. these distorting vibrational fields in your home or in your office or in your car or maybe for your children at their schools. And once you become aware of which devices are causing these um, distorted fields of energy, you can do some things to mitigate that. I mean, the easiest thing to do, quite frankly, is to turn them off. Um, (laughs) You know, (laughs) I know it's such a simple solution. Right, right. right. Try getting getting a phone out of a teenager's hand. But how can you identify you know, which, of the, which of the devices is doing it? Because we have so many. How do, we, how do we trace it to the culprits? Well, there, are, you know, there actually are some, uh, some detection tools that you can use that will measure the vibrational frequencies coming off of these devices. But 
I will tell you that um, the number one culprit in anybody's life is going to be their cell phone. You know, these cell phones, we are carrying them around in our pockets, in our purses, in our hands. I mean, some of us are stuffing them, you know, uh, in our shirts. I mean, there's all different, you know, and we're sleeping with them next to our bed. So being aware of the fact that most of today's cell phones are emitting not only high EMF frequencies, you know, up in the thousands um, in terms of megahertz, but they're also emitting a lot of radiation. And, you know, I don't want to name names, but one of the more popular cell phones is only one rad below the legal limit of radiation emission. So we have wow. to be really careful, make good choices. You know, there's definitely some gadgets and stuff you can buy that mitigate some of that energy. But turning off your cell phone when you're not using it is, is the best thing you can do. And absolutely the most important thing I think you should do is turn off your cell phone while you're sleeping. Because when you're resting is when you're rejuvenating. And if the space you're in during that rejuvenation time is being, you know, corrupted and polluted by these, you know, EMFs, these, these frequencies that are so damaging to our health and causing cellular disturbance, how are we ever going to feel refreshed in the morning? If you're just joining us, I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest, and we're talking with energy worker Nikki Nagaraj. So first of all, that's fabulous advice. I mean, it, it, it just is. The focus, that's something we can all do. You know, we just turn it off and frankly, take it to the other room at night so that it's not right on the nightstand right next to us. So thank you for reminding me about that. He's looking at me when he says that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's easier said than done. And I like to honor that, you know, because we want to be realistic about things. But, um, you know, I do know some people who are really, really diligent about unplugging all of their devices. And at nighttime, you can just unplug your um, your plasma TV, for example, is also emitting a really, a really strong current of EMS. Um, and there's some other choices we can make. For example, these cell phone towers and... I hate to say it, but some of this 5G technology as well, you know, the routers and stuff in your home, they can be very damaging to your physical health and to your energy levels and to your ability to heal and rejuvenate quickly. So as many of those things as you can turn off or avoid um, are for the better. And, you know, when it comes to kids, you mentioned the teenagers earlier, and I have two teenagers myself, so I know how hard it is. Honestly, if you educate your kids and you explain to them what's really going on with these devices, I think that education goes a long way. And I think if you talk to them and explain that you want them to be healthy and that they need to make good choices and that having a cell phone is a responsibility, I think it's okay. And one of the things we do in our house is if you can't handle the responsibility of owning a cell phone and using it wisely, then you don't get to have one. So I'm pretty sure for most of us, we're paying the bill. So I always tell my, my <laughs> clients that are parents, you know, hey. <laughs> That's the power of the purse, I suppose. Not to forget about it. <laughs> it is the power. You're right. It is. Well, this is great information. And I'm getting the sign that we're we're out of time. And we could talk to you for so much longer. My, but... my energy kind of dipped there a little when, when Terry said, oh, we're out of time. But, uh, <laughs> but, we, but I can also know that, that you're available to us, and we appreciate that. So this is, this is the beginning of a long conversation about what we can do in our life to deal with this. You know what? I think we're just going to have to have you back next week. It's so such a big topic. It's a big topic. So we have more questions. And if you have any questions for Nikki, reach us on our Facebook page and we will ask her. But, you know, we'll just make sure we have her back next week to finish that conversation because it left me with a few questions. There's a lot to cover. Yes, it is. Well, thank you so much. Have a wonderful week and we'll speak to you again really soon. 
We've been speaking with energy worker Nikki Nagaraj about consciousness and self-care and about the EMFs in our life and and how we can get them out of our life or at least tone them down a little bit so that we're not being affected quite as harshly. Slightly under control. I don't think we can get them totally under control, but um, they are so ubiquitous. But this is great advice. Yes, it is. Well, thank you for being with us today, and thanks, too, to the team at Just Thrive Probiotics and the Sacramento Naturopathic Medical Center for helping bring Healing Quest to you. And remember, you can find a podcast of this and all Healing Quest shows on our website, HealingQuest.tv, and please follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at HealingQuest. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and we look forward to having you with us next week on Healing Quest right here on iHeartRadio. Have a great week, and let your bright light shine.